Hello, my name is Eric Weinstein of 69 Whiskey. This podcast contains mature content and covers topics and subject matters that people may find offensive. The purpose of this show is to attempt to educate people on different viewpoints and topics that are not generally discussed. This community is based on inclusivity and understanding. As host, I do not condone kink-shaming, offensive terminology, or exclusion. If there is anything in this show that offends you due to our own ignorance, we apologize and will try to continue to educate ourselves and do better in the future. Have fun, be safe, and enjoy the episode. Grab your favorite sex toy and tune in with your favorite sabardom and prepare to be educated. It's time for another episode from 69 Whiskey. everybody and welcome to another episode of the 69 whiskey podcast i'm one of your hosts the dollar store dom eric motherfucking weinstein and i am joined by my co-host did somebody say titties ladies and gentlemen it is the head advocate of the big titty committee motorboat and matt mish and it is i've been looking forward to this interview for a while this has been a quite a few months coming for me because uh i've been looking forward to having the gentleman that we have as a guest today and i just haven't gotten the chance to reach out to him until recently and today we're making good on that promise and we are making good on having this conversation ladies and gentlemen the incomparable daddy hef is joining us today on the 69 whiskey podcast oh man thank you for having me so before we start i have to put you over a little bit if you don't mind I'm sure. sure you don't, but um, I, I have to say, when I saw your um, seminar for BDSM nego- negotiations at Exotica in New Jersey, where I had initially first heard of you, we have talked about things like that on the show, but I never really had a great gauge because I'm kind of newer to the community. So yes, sir. I was uh, kind of wondering how an actual negotiation would happen. And everything that you had done with... Uh, Oh God, what was her name? Uh, Perfect Slut. I think that was her name. Yes, yes. She, uh, everything that you did with her was like perfect. And I learned so much in like that 20 or so minute seminar that you had done. And I walked away feeling really good about how to approach negotiations from that point on, as opposed to just more or less talking about it on this show prior. Yeah. But, well, so speaking thank you of which, oh, speaking God. of which. Because uh, be- because I like to put you on the spot, I hate uh, you. Matt. Uh, <laughs> why don't you Why don't you review uh, with our audience and Daddy Hef the things that you learned during that uh, that th- that seminar specifically? I lucky enough, I wrote it all down, and I still have it in my notes to this day. <laughs> so you didn't get me this time. Um, so just a couple of notes that I wrote down um, was: you get to own your yeses and own your noes. Asking things like, what are the soft and hard limits? Start with something slow and use a tool for sensation play. The whole idea of hot and cold with metal or glass was brought up during that seminar, which I thought was really interesting. The ability to make sure that everyone knew what the safe word was. Let's see. And of course, aftercare was another thing that was mentioned quite a bit. And if I remember correctly, Perfect Slut liked hugs. The other thing that was good was every time you brought up a toy, you put it in the yes pile. You put you had like maybe a maybe pile as well. And then you had a definite no pile that you just wouldn't touch after that. That's correct. You would say no. So that was just a bunch of things that I had written down and remembered from that. Oh, God, what was it? That was October, right? So this is like five months ago, six months Mm -hmm. ago or more. I'm really thankful that I wrote all that down and remembered even a few things that I didn't write down on there. But that was what I was some of my main takeaways uh, from that from that seminar. Oh, man, that's wonderful. You you know, that's what it's really about. Like, because, you know, when we first get in this thing, you know, so we're, we're all just in it. And it's like, man, how do I do this? How do I do that? And, you know, for me coming in, like. I knew that I didn't know shit, right? I didn't know nothing. But the only way I would get to learn some things, of course, instead of me, you know, freestyling shit. And you know, in BDSM, when you freestyle, you can get you can get really messed up. You know, you can you can it can either be happy or, or bad, right? So it's like, well, you know, one of my you know you know one of my mentors is like, man, listen, if you really want to do this, you really gotta you really gotta read and get some education and take some classes. You know what I mean? Because because that, that's the only way you're gonna know. So 
I just want to ask this because uh, as I found like the, the education that he came back with, because that is something that we discuss a lot on this show mm-hmm. was very, very insightful. So what I want to kind of ask you getting off of the topic of what you did at Exotica, what have you done since then? What's, what's been going on? Uh, Cause we, we did this huge review of like the stuff that you did at Exotica and we can talk for days about that. But I want to know what you're do what you are doing. Um, well, I mean, I've done several private sessions. Um, I've done couples training classes. Then of course, since then I've had what two more exotica since then. So just done classes at Exotica. Um, I didn't do this class in Jersey, but I did a class in, in DC and I just did a class in Chicago about how to properly relax for anal play right and so that's that's been something that um you you know it's been a it's been you know it's a trauma point for a lot of people and especially a lot of women and really it's about you know if you're really interested in 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 experiencing that you really want to know what you have to do to relax and i've done several seminars on that so you know just been traveling and um you know giving some lovely discipline to somebody's daughter out here so do you only do exoticas or do you do go around the country doing other BDSM events? Oh, well, mostly I do exotica just as far as the classes and seminars at Exotica. I've been doing those since 2018. But on my own, I travel around and do private sessions and I teach, you know, people have me, you know, people book me to come do their events and stuff like that and teach or perform and stuff. And do you, if you don't mind me asking, how did you get into that? What to be in a dom? Not to not to being a dom, but like the educational part part of it. Oh, like I, I go to I can go out to to BDSM clubs all the time and yeah. practice being a dominant. And I we talk about like going out to munches and educating yourself. But mm-hmm. like for those for the doms that are somewhat experienced mm-hmm. and have the education how are what is that next step into being a educator within the space look like well pretty much you know as i was speaking to um two of my mentors they just told me they said man listen they were like you know they told me how they started right they just started from doing this stuff and then they started like really started teaching people exactly what they do in their private sessions so really what i teach is exactly what i do in my private sessions right now depending on you know the the submissive who books their private sessions and pay for that everything everybody's hard and soft limits are different but the base part of it is exactly what i do so my my good uh, my good friend um Tayomi, who is in charge of the seminar series at Exotica, when she was like, she was like, man, she was like, bro, you, you should come on and just teach. I was like, what the hell are I teach? She was like, just teach what you do in your sessions. I was like, oh, okay. And so it was just for me, it was just really easy to just like, I don't teach anything I don't know. Like I'm not in there teaching fire play because I'm not, I, I've never done fire play. I've watched it, but there's no way I would teach someone how to do it and, and anything like that. And so just like stuff with knife play, if I'm teaching a class on knife play, it's because I've experienced doing knife play on somebody's daughter several times. Like, like I make sure that whatever class I teach, I'm very proficient in that. I'm just not going to be like, hey, I'm the, I, I got this, this violent one and I've done some electro play once. I'm going to teach a class on electro play. No, you got to, you know, you got to be. You got to become an expert in these things, right? So that's how it really happened. Like pretty much everything I teach is what I do, period, in my sessions. So I actually wanted to ask you a question then, Daddy Hef, because uh, we've actually had over the course of the last few weeks on the show, we've actually had a lot of doms come on and Mm -hmm. give their two cents on what it takes to be dominant and such. So I'd like to pose the question to you. What do you think are some good qualities that a dom should have in general even some of the good qualities you have specifically that maybe other people should have, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you want to. I, I would say the first thing is trust. Like you got to forget trust in the, the submissive or the bottom. You got to trust yourself. Right. So you have to really know what it is to fully trust yourself and, ha- and trust. You have to have confidence in what you're doing. Right. You have to be very self-assured 
about your skills, right? You can't just be like, well, you can't be nervous, right? And because what's that going to do? That's going to translate into your bottom or your, or your sub or your, you know, when when you, when you're engaging with them. And um, also, I feel you have to be you have to be compassionate, right? Now you can be sadistic, you can be a sadistic ass dom, but at some point in time, there's still a level of compassion in your sadistic practices and ways. And also, I feel that you have to, um, in some way, shape, or form, you have to be very empathetic and understand that it's really not about you. It's really about them. You're just here to guide them through the process along the journey in, in order to get them to do exactly what you want them to do in order to get them to a place where they're going to be much better than when they first came in. Be comfortable being called a fluffy service top. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, sure. Why not? That's right. As as much <laughs> as as much as like when I was growing up in the scene, everybody was everybody around me was like, ah, I hate being called a fluffy service top. I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm a fluffy service top. That's exactly what I am. I will do yes. whatever you want me to do. Yes. Because I like the noises that you make when. I do these things. <laughs> I love it. I love that. And, and that's the one thing about it is you have to be comfortable with being called that. And as long as you're comfortable with being called that, that's all that matters. Fuck what anyone else thinks. I 110% agree with you on that one. Yes, sir. So on the flip side of that question I posed, I'd like to ask the, the opposite of that. What are some negative qualities that you have seen in Dom's? And it's actually a two-parter question. Do you think that pop culture being involved in the community has attested to a lot of these negative qualities being instilled upon people getting into the community? Can I actually throw something in to this answer before sure, you, you say something, Daddy Hef? Yes, sir. Because this is something that recently came up within a previous BDSM circle that I was a part of. As a dominant, and this is this goes back to something that Daddy Hep said about trust, about understanding that everybody has the right to say no and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, isolationism, just because a submissive, just because you have a submissive gives themselves to you, does not give you the right to restrict their control of their bank account does not give you the right to restrict their control of their cellular device mm. to contact other people. Mm. If that is something that they have a problem with and they specifically ask you to assist them with that, that is one thing. But overstepping boundaries and taking away people's basic abilities to survive and communicate is wrong. And that I, I feel is something that is perpetuated by a lot of these media, these old medias of the BDSM relationships. Mm. And like, like one of the things that I hate the most is when I go on and I look up BDSM ROM movies, they are the most toxic relationships I have ever fucking seen. Ever. I agree. They really are. Because, I mean, they show this, they show this side that people think it's all about whips and chains and ultimate control, right? Because, you know, it's a power exchange. They don't show the power exchange dynamic. They just show the submissive there taking orders, doing things, and not being able to, like, say no. You know, I think that some of the things you don't want to be... You have to really pay attention and understand that you're not there to abuse them, right? Like if they if they're like, Daddy, please take your frustrations out of me. Well, there has to be limits to what that is and what that looks like. Like you feel what I'm saying? Like I give you for example, I remember early on in my journey, I had a young lady. I was like, Well, what's your safe for? She was like, I don't have none. I'm like, What? 
like, you don't have a safe word. No, not we're we not going to do no non-verbal She was like, no, just have your way with me. I'm like, oh. Negative. Negative. Like, uh, like, yeah. like, I was like, Red, yellow, I, green. Yeah. I told, <laughs> I, I told her, I said, listen, I said, listen, I, we, I can't engage with you. And I highly suggest that you not tell people that because if you tell someone, you give someone the ultimate freedom to do anything to you, it can end very bad. Very bad. You, you know what I mean? And, you know, once again, you, you have to be the type of person that the type of dom that you don't let your ego lead. You feel me? Like, don't whatever you're going through, don't be so ego driven and ego led that you just think you are you, you are the upper crust and nobody can't tell you shit. Right. Especially your submissive. If your submissive tells you no, respect their no. Right. Otherwise, you you can you can cause a lot of trauma. You can be labeled as abuser and a sexual assaulter, right? And that's the things you do not want to do. You know, unfortunately, don't get me wrong. These with BDSM really coming into the forefront since really I would say 2019, but more so since the pandemic. A lot you see a lot of people see stuff on social media, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, and think and people see this stuff and people have this misconstrued vision of what BDSM, dominance, and submission it looks like. It really does. And a lot of it, a lot of it, honestly, j- just because you buy a flogger or you feel that you can call yourself a dom, you feel, you know, and I, I've seen this early in my journey that just because someone was a dom, they'd be like, I got a new sub. I'm like, so you just told a woman you want her to be your sub and she was okay with that? He was like, yeah. I was like, hmm. Okay. How's that work? How's that working out? Like they don't know. You know what I'm saying? If if you have if you have a woman who's really new to this and she's and she's like, oh my, I just want to experience these things, but but they don't really know the depth and the protocol and stuff like that, you can cause a lot of damage. I was I know that I was sleeping with my current submissive. Mm-hmm. I want to say almost a year and a half before I even let her like consider before we even considered like discussing doing a DS relationship. We had discussed the possibilities of going into it, but I know that me and her I specifically was like, listen, we are just a fling. Like as much as like I'm into the BDSM lifestyle and you want to be something more, you got to show me that you're here to stay. And you got to show me that this is something that you really want because being somebody submissive, that relationship for me as a dom is me essentially saying okay i'm taking responsibility of your mental health and well-being but that also means you've got to be honest and communicate with me and that you're going to get put in the work that i want to that that is going to make you get to where you want to be and make us both happier it's like what um, a previous guest on the show a few weeks ago, Eros, said. Um, doms are more of like a mentor in a way. Yeah. They're like a, a, a cross between a mentor, a life coach, a friend. Yeah, accountability Thanks. partner. Accountability partner, that's another good one. I don't think that was even mentioned. So that's that's another term that we can throw in the hat for that. But um, yeah, it's it's. I just think that's a – for me, as I continue to learn about these things, it's, it's very interesting – because even though I don't classify myself as a dominant, I consider myself to be more of a switch, but I do have some tendencies depending on what the session and I have what somebody is. It's 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 interesting to think about, to say the least. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. So here is so here is something that I will say to your point, Mish. Yes, Eric. Which is the fact that you are incredibly young. And very inexperienced within the community. And something that I personally noticed 
in growing growing where where in the community that i grew is that some of the best doms in the community typically in their younger years start out as switches Mm -hmm. and the reason that is is because in order to be a fantastic and great dom you need to understand what it's like to be a bottom. Come on now, talk that shit. That's true. It's something we've talked about on this show multiple times. And and you're not, and you're right, Eric, because it's yeah. not only you that has said it. We've had like what the last several BDSM based guests that we've had, they've all said the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. So, like it's at this point, at least on this show, it should be common knowledge to anyone yeah. that, that's either new or a returning listener, but um, it's true though. It's just, it's just genuinely true. And I a hundred percent agree with that. Now, do I yeah. consider myself moving up to that say Dom role? I don't really know. Cause again, I'm still trying to figure out what I want mm-hmm. in the community itself, Yeah, yeah. but it, it's, it, it's definitely something to think about. And as I continue to educate myself on all these different aspects of the community through doing this show, but yeah, that, that's really amazing, uh, dollar store, dollar store, Dom. That you say that is 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 I I say that all the time. My one of my my mentor told me that she told me that, and I was like, oh my god, you know what I mean? But but that's that's one of the highly debated things in BDSM, right? Between Doms, like like especially I find that a lot, especially with fem Doms, more so than male Doms, um, male dominant. Excuse me. Um, because like you could be a woman and come in and be either a financial dominant or a regular, you know, or or dom or dom a or regular dominatrix, and you could just go in on the dom side, and you don't really know what it's like to be submit or want to be submissive to anyone, right? But what I found out that's really more about trust, right? Like you have to find someone who you can trust to give release control with you you feel me and it's yeah. it's no it's it's no it's no fault of theirs right that they haven't found that but honestly it's really refreshing to find someone who you can really trust that you could be that vulnerable with right um because you know like it's it's nothing wrong with being vulnerable and understanding like if you if you have a wooden paddle Understand it's okay to let, to bend over with someone you trust and allow them to paddle you so you can see what it feels like, right? It's so I have a question though, because to your point, why why is it such a contended topic though within the community between DOMs? Like I'm just I just figured that was just common knowledge, but I guess not. So what well, well, some some people feel they don't they don't they don't want to be submissive. They, they don't want to they don't want to know what it's like to be submissive. They're like, I'm dominant. Fuck that shit. Like, yeah. I'm dom. I'm I'm dom twenty four seven. That's me. I'll never be submissive to anyone. No. That that is absolutely the mentality. So is that just the uh, ego thing that you were going that you were talking about earlier too? Yeah, yeah, there, there, yeah. There is there is the ego thing. I know for for me personally, I haven't bottomed since 2017 Mm. it's been a very very long time since i've actually bottomed to somebody and as a need of release and it's not because of the fact that i haven't needed it it's because of the fact that i i don't have anybody in my life currently that I trust enough to do that with. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the age old answer of not everyone that can, not every swinging dick can be a fucking Dom. Correct. And speaking of swinging dicks. (laughs) Perfect segue. Perfect segue, Eric. (laughs) It's male hanger month here on uh, 69 Whiskey. So, uh, Mish, roll that ad. Does your dick hang low? Can it easily choke a hoe? Does it swing in the wind? Can it helicopter like? If you're looking for a bigger penis, stronger erections, and results you can measure, you need male hanger. 
Male Hanger is a penis stretcher that uses the concept of tissue traction to slowly add new size to your penis. Male Hanger comes with access to step-by-step, how-to guides with detailed pictures and videos, as well as support by phone, email, and live customer chat rooms available 24 hours a day. Unlike most other enlargement products on the market, Male Hanger never leaves you hanging. Use promo code WHISKEY10. That's W. H-I-S-K-E-Y-1-0 for 10% off at MailHanger.com. Just click the link located in this episode's show notes. Join the thousands using MailHanger and start growing. Does your dick hang low? Good old MailHanger. Thank you, Ben, for sponsoring the show. And thank you uh, for the continued support. So, is it okay if I ask a very uh, important question here, Eric? Absolutely. So, Daddy Hef, over the last couple, I'd say months on this show, we have been noticing a subject within the community that has been very troublesome. And the reason I know about this particular subject is because both you and Taomi, who I also follow on Twitter, talked about it in depth for quite a while. And that is the topic of vetting, because someone in the community was being accused of sexual assault or something along those lines because mm-hmm. they weren't properly vetted within the community of both kink and and sex work in general. Correct. So my question to you is what are your thoughts when it comes to properly vetting those trying to enter the community? So, <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you would say that because that situation was very personal to me because that person sexually assaulted one of my employees, right? And, you know, it's just it's just very contentious for me. Um, so here's my thing. It's nothing wrong with getting referrals, like like checking someone's credentials. Like it's nothing wrong with that. Like just because a lot of times now, especially with the advent of social media. You see someone and what you see, they do, it looks good. It makes you feel good. You know, it makes, you know, makes you tingle and say, oh, my God, I want to experience that. But you don't really know who that person is. You feel me? So it is very important. Like I I ask every woman who wants to have a session with me, I'm like, listen, go out and find out about me. Ask people like for real, like just because you see me and you want to experience this stuff. That may be something about me that you hear from somebody else that may make you question that. And then if you find it out, then talk to me and ask me the question. Right. Talk to me like don't don't take everyone's word. But the thing is, I feel that people should be honest enough and don't be afraid that if somebody finds out something that you did in the past. Like the good thing about it is be honest, because now what you do, you give them the opportunity to choose to go down that road. You feel me? But when you don't disclose that and then later it comes out after after they felt after they sexually assaulted you or have done anything be, uh, without your, you know, they violated your consent and crossed your boundaries and you find it out later. Now you feel now you're in the space of you're traumatizing people. Right, man. I'm telling you, vetting is the key because you don't know, like everyone's out here, you know, no, and if you don't ask, you don't know. And a lot, a lot of us don't know to ask. But and now, now it's really important that you really ask, man. It's important. I remember when we had talked about that subject, and it was episode ninety-seven. For anybody listening that wants to go back and check it out, we had a very what's the word I would say to use? I would say we had a very visceral reaction to that whole scenario because i was following it very closely through the podcast account that i follow both you and taomi on Mm -hmm. and um i I was just angry man i was just so and and having the little experience that i have like even i know that this was a fucked up situation and the fact that it was one of your employees is even more fucked up for you because now you're taking it more personally than say anybody else anybody can say oh this guy is an oh this guy's an asshole cancel him now you're like this motherfucker yes. assaulted someone I know, someone I care yes. about, someone that yes. works for me. And and, and 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 then let me say this. I told this person not to contact my employee. Like, don't contact them. And they still chose to contact them. So now for it's like this for real. For me, it's very personal. Still to this day, it's very I personal bet. because 
You, you, you feel what I'm saying? So, so go ahead, sir. I apologize for interrupting. No, no, you're good. I mean, like, what was it? It was, uh, it was like what two, two, two months ago or so that this had happened, or three months ago almost. It's uh, I can see months ago. three months ago, so I can see that yeah. you're still very, very yeah. upset about the situation. You have every right to be. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's, it's just, oh man, we, we, we had talked about this at length on, on that episode, yeah. and it just yeah. it bothered me. Yeah. It legitimately bothered yeah. me as someone that also has respect for both of you and. If, I, I'm getting upset now talking about it. Yeah. Take the yeah, reins for a minute. I got to so, calm down. So yeah. one of the things that I would like to bring up to all of our listeners, for those of you that are getting into the BDSM scene, and I understand that we're talking about some fairly heavy subjects tonight. These are, I'm not going to say that these are incredibly <sighs> rare occurrences because Things do happen within the scene, and the point of the matter is they should be dealt with, and they will be dealt with one way or another. That's right. Either by a dungeon monitor, by security at an event, by people within the community that event that find out information over time, because guess what? Any information is is going to get out. If you fuck up, it's going to get out because the other person is going to say something to somebody mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you can't and, you, you, you can't hide you can't hide forever. And the truth of the matter is the and the the, the point that I would like to hammer home the most as part of this part of our discussion is that BDSM communities are tight knit families. They, they are exposing themselves in very, very personal ways. And anybody that violates that trust does not deserve to be there. No. And the people that are there that will protect you, will help you get through whatever is go happened because that's what the community is for. Very well said, I think bringing it back to a more positive topic. (laughs) I'm sorry for making you cry on our show. (laughs) (laughs) You're not crying. Are you? I can't tell. Oh, oh, hell no. I'm definitely not. crying. (laughs) Definitely not. Definitely not. Like, trust me on that, my friend. (laughs) So, and, and you know what the problem is, though? And then I, I think about this again. The, the fact that, and as far as I've last heard about the situation, this person's still doing sessions, too, right? Yeah. Yes. Still, still teaching classes. Like, still doing that, man. You know what I mean? Like, still. Like, and, and see, the, un- the unfortunate thing is this, right? And Donald Sodom, you, you, can, you can attest to this. People will still... They'd be like, I don't believe that. That's not true. Whatever. I, I, rock, I, I rock with this person because of their social media follow, because who I think they are. And they, they, they seem nice to me, then I won't worry about it. Like, okay. People don't worry about it until the shit happens to them. Then they're like, yeah, oh my God, now I see. Well, n- now it's too late. And see, what happens is, is the repercussions that can happen to an individual who, if you are a habitual violator of, of consent, is eventually you're gonna run up on the wrong person. The wrong you're gonna do that to the wrong person, and it's not it's not gonna be pretty. Like it's not. And what happens is you have essentially you are putting you're putting people, especially women, you're putting women to have to go deal with the scrutiny of the authorities, and not only that. Now they're having to go to extended therapy sessions in order to deal that. And what that does is that affects their level of trust going forward. You feel me? And so it, it's um it's it's really like it, and honestly, I'm gonna tell you, like, you, you know, it, it is it is very commonplace. It's not rare, it's very commonplace in whether whether it's the sex work community, whether it's the massage community, whether it's BDSM, like you have you have individuals out here that are habitual violators of consent, right? 
and they think it's okay because they're like, "What you going? Who's going to believe you over me?" It's also it's also young and inexperienced people yes. who are yep. getting into the community, yep. or or people who suffer from white knight syndrome, who fall into traps on predatory people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can give a perfect fucking example. Me. My first ever submissive was my second ex-wife. Mm-hmm. When I first met her, she was going through a divorce with an, with another person. Mm-hmm. Had just gotten into a huge fight and got kicked out of a place that she was living. And I had gotten into a relationship with her. She told me all of these messed up things that had happened in her previous relationship. And within, I want to say, three months of us kind of moving in together because we were sleeping together and I was in the army and young and dumb, she was already cheating on me. Hmm caused a lot of like mental anguish and used my own actions against me and i felt that all of the the wrong that she was doing to me was my fault Mm. yeah because i thought i wasn't good enough and that's where the self-confidence thing of being a dom comes into play that's where being in a healthy relationship where communication is active and not self-destructive where if you are if you are interested in being with other people and that is something that you want within your relationship to be able to sleep with other people then say something about it to your partner that's right that's right right. talk about polyamory talk about uh, an open relationship talk about the rules within you, define the rules within your relationship and stick to them that's right i agree don't demand monogamy and then cheat on your significant other but when all you have to do is just be honest up front and and have that conversation just have the conversation like it's okay like don't worry about a lot of times people worry about what they feel someone else is going to say. Like, A, number one, you're not that person. The only person you can control is you. So, listen, like, listen, put, 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 put all the fucking cards on the table. Face up. Like, listen, this is who I am. This is, this is what I want to do. Like, I love you, but just being with one person is not going to be enough for me. Like, that, you can't fulfill all of my needs. Like, you can fulfill what you can fulfill, but if I have all my needs and it doesn't always have to be sexual, it can be, it can be a different type of relationship, but you have to have that conversation because otherwise we don't. Then when shit comes out, now you, now you have caused a lot of issues and drama in your life and your relationship that really doesn't need to happen. But all you had to do was just be upfront in the beginning. It's such a simple concept yet somehow, some way people seem to fuck it up so many times and so many ways over. Yeah, yeah. It, it grinds my gears to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, because because pe- people people say, "Oh, I want someone who's honest with me." No, you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't really want no honesty. You you want pretty lies. You know what I mean? You you, you want you want half truth. That makes you comfortable. Because because the fucking real truth it makes you uncomfortable. You're like, okay, I told you, I told you the real truth up front. You respect someone more if they tell you the truth. That's gonna hurt, but just just tell them. That's one mm-hmm. of my that's one of my favorite things with with my submissive like she'll she'll tell me an entire situation that she she had like during a day or something or like a conflict at work and I'll be like okay do you want me to just tell you that say yes okay I hear you or do you want me to tell you how I view the situation and tell you how you're misviewing what the interaction that you're having is? And a lot of the times she'll just go, okay, tell me, tell me what the misrepresentation is. 
I'll go through everything and explain breaking down like the communications from the other side and she'll go okay I understand that I was being an idiot and overreacting a little and it's a great thing to see because for me when when we first started our relationship she couldn't do that and the fact that she's come to this point now is such an amazing sight of the growth that she's had. Mm. Considering I also know his submissive, and uh, I won't name names because we don't out people on this show, but I, <laughs> I know, and I, but I know she's listening, and I want her to know that I'm proud of her because that's a big step for her. That's her up. friend. So, so anyway, um, aside from all the kinky shit, I want to I want to get to know you a little bit more, Daddy Hef. Uh, mm-hmm. I see you have a bunch of Funko Pops behind you there. Are you, are you yes. like a are you a big nerd or something or well, you, you know I, you know I, I like a little you know I like some you know I'm I'm a big I'm a big hip hop head but you know I like you know I like Star I'm a Star Wars guy you know I'm I'm the I'm the kid that went to go see the first Star Wars like twenty like maybe twenty three times when it came out when it was brand new so like I love Star Wars like I love Star Wars I love Star Trek I love Battlestar Galactica all those type of things. Just like any science fiction stuff, I love it. And I'm, you know, but I'm a hip hop head too. So I mean top five favorite rappers go. Um, um, okay. It could be groups too, just so you know. All right. Hmm. Oh boy. Okay. I would say um Big Daddy Kane, KRS one, Rakim, Jay Z. And shit. Oh man, it's, it's so many. Like, god damn. Oh, oh, all right. I would go with if I would have to go with a group, a tribe called Quest. Okay. Those are all very solid picks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but for me, like, really, it's tribe called Quest and Gangstar, probably neck and neck a little bit. Like, I love Gangstar. I love them. Like, seriously. I thought you were gonna go Bone Thugs and Harmony for a second, but oh no, no. But you know, like you know, you put it this way, I I like some stuff. I like Three Six Mafia more than I like Bone Thugs and Harmony. Fair enough, fair enough. I like I like Bone Thugs. I haven't heard. I know a few Three Six songs, but uh, I'm I'm big on Bone Thugs. Yeah, I'm big on yeah. all the stuff that they that they've done as far as yes, collabs sir. go. Yes, and of sir. course, First of the Month is one of my favorite songs of all oh, time. Oh man. Man, let me tell you something. <laughs> Listen, the com- the complexion may be pale, but there's an undercover brother deep inside. Yeah, some yeah, of my yeah, friends yeah. often yeah. say to me on my other yeah. podcasts that I have. Yeah, but, um, no, but it's it's cool because it's just like because I think one thing people don't and the reason why I wanted to bring up this conversation of just like getting to know you a little bit more. You know, people see people in the community or even sex workers in general as kind of like sideshows, freaks, for lack of better terms. Not mm-hmm. saying that everyone is. But um, it's just nice. It's, I like having these conversations because now there's actually other there's actually people underneath all that glam of, you know, I'm the dom. I this is what I do. You know, people in the leather community when it comes to like doms, dominatrixes. But um, it's it, I just think it's cool to get to know people on a personal level with that, because I think that's as cool as all the kink and the BDSM and the sex work is. There's I think the actual people are just as interesting as what they do professionally. I agree. I agree. So I gotta I gotta ask a question on a on a Dom side. What is your favorite toy and why? And then to follow that up, because I know I know this one is a painful question to all Doms. What's your most expensive toy? Oh, okay. So, all right. right. Okay. So, it's a it's a tie. It's a tie on my favorite knife. I have like two custom knives. I love I love knife play. That's one of my things. But I also love the violet one. I actually love electro play, and because elect the violet one was one of the first big investments that I ever made. And when I became a dom, you know, as, as I was learning, and that and any kind of paddle, like especially my my wooden paddle, but I like 
you know, my silicone paddle, my silicone, my silicone paddle. I don't have it on me right here, but it's somewhere. Um, but it's the first one I remember. I was doing a, a like a little play scene with this lady, and she had she had one. I was like, "What is that?" She's a like, silicone paddle. And I was like, "Oh my god!" So I actually have that's that's the first paddle I ever bought myself. Is a silicone paddle. I still own it. So my knife. I love knife play. I love electro pay, and probably my most expensive one is. Hmm. No, no, it's, it's this one right here. My most expensive one. Oh, we're getting a show and tell, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, man. Is this one. That's similar to like the one that you have, right, Eric? Because you have something similar to that. Oh, man. This thing right here, man. This, this is. No, no, oh, man. That's, that's so <laughs> much more brutal than the thing that I have. Oh, my gosh. Let me take. So, so. So the story behind this is we were in Philly. We went to Philly. I had I had to do a like a live seminar in Philly, right? This was March of 2020. So we got up, we got up, we we drove up there. We were supposed to do an event in DC that night. And then the dungeon in DC, they were like, the government shutting down, no, no thing. So everyone was worried that we were shutting my, you know, my seminar down. And we were like, no, we're gonna do it the next day. So we had gone by this sex store and it wasn't this and they had another one. I was like, oh my God, I got to get that. So fast forward a year, I had gone to Philly to do some private sessions. And one of my, one of my, uh, one of my friends who lives in Philly, who I went to the same sex store, I was like, well, let's go walk around. I said, I want to go to the sex store again. And I said, do you have that one? And they were like, no, but we have this one. I was like, oh, I want that. And I called up one of my little pay kittens and I sent her the picture of it. And she she sent, she she bought this for me. Oh, my God. This thing is so, uh, so sadistic. Oh, my God. I love this thing. So for those for those people that obviously won't see this because we don't do the video, but could you explain to the people what exactly this toy is? Yeah, this this is a this is an aluminum uh, flogger. It's all aluminum, and but at the end, instead of it having regular little little tails that sting, it has. Let me see. Two, four, one, 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 two. It has seven round balls on it, and this is this is for straight thud. This is a thuddy flogger. Oh my now, god! This this inflicts so much, so much delicious things, man. So God. About- now I've got a crazy question for you. Yes, sir. Because I am a lovely, lovely sadist too. Mm-hmm. In theory, could you use a body contact to make that an electrical toy too? Since it's a yes conductive metal. What? Oh. Yes, sir. My God, God. Th- that's what I do. When I use this, I I use this doing electro play, my friend. Oh my God, it's so perfect. Uh, and and also I also use it for temperature play too. So I either I put it in the freezer, and oh my God, it's so wonderful in the freezer. <laughs> I think I might hurt more in the freezer, to be honest. Yes. Uh, it does. Good God. <laughs> that's something. That's actually oh pretty God. cool. That's probably one yes, of the more sir. unique toys I think that we have seen on this show. People have shown us that that that's what I call a one-shot subspace toy. It sure is. It sure is. But you know, you with this right here, you got you you got to have some good aim because you don't want to hit no kidneys or nothing or or the or the spine or or the spine with this one. But um, you got to be very direct with this. But man, I'm telling you, I have really oh, I have just out some wonderful punishment with this thing right here. God damn. You see that sadistic smile forming on his face there, Eric? <laughs> yes, yes. I have the same one growing on yep. my, my face looking at that toy. Man, I'm, smiling and t- I'm smiling because I'm terrified of both of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> but, so... I got a, a so you talk about you talked a lot about electro play. What are some of your like favorite toys to use with electro play? Because like we talked about the uh, the flogger that you have yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, we've actually spoken about light tubes and branding on here using oh, uh, wow. electricity. 
So what's what's your background with electroplay? Because I'm curious about this. Because I'm I am brand fucking new to electro. Yeah. I, yeah. I just bought my electric unit like a year ago, uh-huh. and I've only mm-hmm. gotten maybe like four times to use it. Yeah. Um. Well, I I haven't gotten into branding, but I like. Of course, I like using the body wand. It's really great. But man, I love using these little attachments like the firecracker. I like using those real hard sadistic, not the, the, the glass tubes are great. They're great. But I like using those ones that really like they look nice and soft. They look like little pipe cleaners until you turn, till you turn on the power. Oh my God. And the jolt that it gives. Oh my God. I just really love those. Jeez. Those things are so fun. Now, so fun. Now for the body contact, which uh, style do you prefer? Because I have a loop mm-hmm. uh, that I wrap around my arm, and that thing's kind of weird for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that one. I have the one with the little the plate that you put into your pocket. Yeah, I, I have the plate. Yeah, and I, I also like recently, I like to have them them put it on against their body, right? Mm-hmm. And since they're all electrified and I use my fingers or, or, or my little flogs or whatever, my metal stuff to go uh, go against their body, man. It's just kind of crazy, man. I, I, I love doing that. Like really, oh my God, electro play is, is like I said, that's one of my favorite favorite things to use. Man, my violin one, this really is. I don't get a chance to use it all the time, but when I do, when when a, when a, when a, a woman tells me that's one of her soft limits and they want experience. I get, I get giddy. I'm like, Oh yes. Yes. And then in, <laughs> in your, in your head, you're singing, I can show you a whole new world. Whole, whole new world, <laughs> my friend. Whole new world. Yes. I, I have been looking at this, this, cause I have the little silicone. Those little silicone attachments are very, I do things are crazy. That, that, that is very crazy. But, I'm looking at this this flogger, which is an actual flogger, but it's a it's a flogger to use with your violent wand. I'm really I can't wait to get that thing. That's going. Uh, is it? Does it have like a like a studded like gemstone looking handle thing? No. Uh, what I do is when I find it, I will send you all a DM with the picture of it with the link, and you can see it. it's beautiful. Uh, I mean, it it looks like a reg- it looks like a regular longer but that thing is serious my friend like I, like I, i've seen it in action oh, Nick, oh he, about to, he, he, he has about, something similar to what you you're talking about but i think i don't know uh here we gotta give him a second here and find it he's gotta go in the toy bag oh man you got his wheels turning daddy have oh man no i see that i love it <laughs> <laughs> I will say this much. I mean, this is, I've only experienced the uh, electro play once. Um, and that mm-hmm. was actually funny enough at my first Exotica, not last year, the year before that. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy at the the dungeon and he was like doing a couple different things. And I got to say, man, the electro play feels so weird depending <laughs> on the tool that you use. Cause there was the, yes. um, he had uh, like a glove, a conductive glove that he would like rub up and down my arm. And that was like oh, a yeah. really like creepy feeling yeah. for me. Not that it was yeah. like bad or anything. It was just it felt really creepy. Yeah. The only way yeah. I could describe it, there was the little, um, Eric, what's that rolling tool? Do you little, the Warnberg wheel. Yeah. That's what it's called. I, mm-hmm. I always forget what it's called for some reason. Yeah. And, yeah, then yeah. He, and then he took out like a little mini like cleaver, like the knife. And I know you're big into knife play, but as soon oh, as man. I saw him use the cleaver on other people and I'm just like in my head, I'm like, I don't know if that thing is sharp. I'm going to say that's a no go. So that's definitely a hard <laughs> limit for me. <laughs> yeah. and, and that what was it in, in that like five, 10 minute span. I was like, damn, I already know what my soft limits and my hard limits are just yes, having this conversation with this guy doing the electro play in that dungeon. But, but Exotica is a fun, Exotica really is a fun time though. Like, yeah, I have, it and it's been fantastic. Once Eric finds this toy, I hope he finds it. But um, I, I now that we've had you on, I definitely have to have Taomi on because I, she's, oh, yes, sir. she's a bucket list one for me as well as you. And now that I've checked you off the bucket list, I got to, get Taomi on this show. Oh, that's what's up, man. Well, I appreciate it. Of course. Eric, you good over there? You lost it? No, I can't find any of my electro play stuff. 
other than my actual wand. Boo. Boo this man. <laughs> it's sad. I found, like, literally almost every other toy in my arsenal. Like, my all of my freaking uh, impact toys, all of my other stuff. My my fire set is all nice and like safely stored away. Mm. Can't fucking find any of my electrical shit. That's crazy. Yeah, fire fire play is one of those things that I am going to learn this year. I'm going to add it to my arsenal. It is a fantastic and fun. It, it's I love every second of fire. It it was actually the first uh, skill that I put into my arsenal. Nice, and, and I I think it's actually one of the best things to have for a starting arsenal. Personally. Mm. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm looking forward. I'm I'm looking forward to adding that to to my skill set. Well, hopefully next time we see you at a, an Exotica in the future, we'll, you, I'm sure you two can talk all about the fire play and such, because I think that's going to be an interesting conversation to have, or you could just come back on this show and tell us your experience with it. That would be, a, oh, yeah. would, that'd be an even better idea. Oh, hell yeah. I would love that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Mish, do the fucking housekeeping. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 108 of the 69 whiskey podcast. Daddy Hef, I will defer to you to promote anything that you'd like to promote your Twitter, if you have an Instagram, if you, I know you said you had a business, by all means, promote anything you'd like to. Oh, yeah. Well, you can follow me on um, Instagram at the underscore real underscore daddy underscore health. And you can just click on the link in my bio and all of my things come up. My Twitter's on there. Um, my bit, my booking page is on there. My sexual supplement company is on there. So you can go all, on all those things. I'm also on Twitter, daddy underscore health. I actually have uh, the Health Lifestyle, which is my company, the Sanctuary of Debauchery, which is going to be a paid paid subscription telegram group where I'm really, I'm really like taking my stuff off of Instagram a little bit, a lot. And like, I still post certain things on Instagram, but not as much content on Instagram because, you know, Instagram now, I'm not looking to get my page pulled again. So really doing that with off exclusive content, like different discounts and, um, and, and different trainers and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm excited on that. I was going to say, because I remember following you on Instagram. So your page did get pulled. Oh, yes, sir. It did. That it did. Yes. So now I got to now I got to refine it again. <laughs> yes, oh, and look and now i just found you now i just followed you for on the podcast page there yes, we go yes yes well it's been a real pleasure this conversation was everything i was hoping it would be i also have to make the joke and say i never thought i'd call another man daddy on this show but i guess you're the first <laughs> <laughs> thank you sir I'm, I'm i'm very honored i'm, I'm honored you know what I mean? and, and I, I appreciate that respect i do well but that being said, you can also find the 69 Whiskey Podcast wherever you get your podcast. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon, the Good Pods app, and so many more. If you have a podcasting platform, please follow the show and leave us a rating that I do like to read out feedback. I have no feedback this week, unfortunately. But if you leave us feedback, I will try to do my best to read it on air. Twitter. 69 whiskey pod instagram and tiktok 69 whiskey podcast facebook the letters are you 69 whiskey for gaming content and more that we never fucking use follow us on twitch and youtube 69 whiskey you can find us on full swap radio which syndicates our show every thursday at 7 a.m and Saturday at 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Please adjust those times to your time zone. And, of course, we mentioned that this show was uh, sponsored by Mailhanger, but we also have affiliate links for products called The Baldo. So join the Ball Sex Revolution and get a dildo for your balls now. And if you have a pod, it's a fantastic product. I'll have to show it to you at some point after this recording. But... um. And if you also want to promote your podcast on social media, if you have one yourself, please check out our Wave affiliate link in the link trees all over our social media platforms. I'm done, Eric.
Take us out, buddy. All right. Thank you very much. And thank you, Daddy Hef, for coming on the show and uh, be and educating our audiences, and more importantly, educating Mish on uh, the the importance of uh, negotiation. Yes, sir. Uh, but uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning in this week to this week's episode of Sixty Nine Whiskey. As always, uh, tune in next week, and we can't wait to... Well, actually, hold on before we go, because I am on this tirade. Oh, uh, of course you are. Listen, we got to get this out as much as possible, and I forgot on the last recording. So, hey, everybody, it's uh, it's uh, 69 Whiskey Army recruiting time. We need to get to 500 downloads a week, so get on it. Spread Spread the word. We are starting to uh, create recruitment for the lovely 69 Whiskey Army. Start spreading the news. Have a good one.